Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Oh. Welcome back to the Barefoot Office. I am so glad that you are here. It's nice to have this to look forward to this grounding, this discipline of every day to spend some time with you and with Jesus day in, day out, seeing where our hearts and where our time takes us. Hmm. As we read this passage three times, the first time, just notice what word or phrase lets your attention start to inhabit this passage. And when early morning came, all the chief priests and elders of the people took counsel together against Jesus so as to put him to death. And having bound him, they led him away and handed him over to Pilate, the governor. Then Judas, the one who betrayed him, seeing that he had been condemned, changed his heart and returned the thirty silver pieces to the chief priests and elders, saying, I sinned by betraying innocent blood. But they said, What is it to us? You will see to it. And flinging the silver pieces into the sanctuary, he withdrew, and going away, he hanged himself. But the chief priests, taking up the silver pieces, said, It is not lawful to deposit them in the treasury, because it is a price for blood. And, taking counsel together with him, they purchased the potter's field for the burial of strangers. Hence that field has been called Field of Blood up to this day. Then was fulfilled what had been spoken by the prophet Jeremiah when he said, And I took the thirty silver pieces, the price of one on whom a price has been set, whom they prized out from among the sons of Israel, and gave them in exchange for the potter's field, as the Lord commanded me. What word or phrase sticks out to you? The chief priests and elders of the people took counsel together against Jesus so as to put him to death. I sinned by betraying innocent blood. It is not lawful to deposit them in the treasury because it is a price for blood. The second time as we read, where do you see God in this passage? What do you hold as other, as different, as holy? Where does your attention start to deepen into this passage? to make connections to other things that you believe or think about or have experienced in your life. And when early morning came, all the chief priests and elders of the people took counsel together against Jesus so as to put him to death. And having bound him, they led him away 
and handed him over to Pilate the governor. Then Judas, the one who betrayed him, seeing that he had been condemned, changed his heart and returned the thirty silver pieces to the chief priests and elders, saying, I sinned by betraying innocent blood. But they said, What is it to us? You will see to it. And flinging the silver pieces into the sanctuary, he withdrew, and going away, he hanged himself. But the chief priests, taking up the silver pieces, said, It is not lawful to deposit them in the treasury, because it is a price for blood. And taking counsel together with them, they purchased the potter's field for the burial of strangers. Hence that field has been called Field of Blood up to this day. Then was fulfilled what has been spoken by the prophet Jeremiah when he said, And I took the thirty silver pieces, the price of the one on whom a price has been set, whom they prized out from among the sons of Israel, and gave them in exchange for the potter's field, as the Lord commanded me. Where do you see God in this passage? I see change twice with Judas changing his heart. It's interesting that it says Judas changed his heart, not God changed his heart or hardened his heart or softened his heart. I think in other passages, I don't remember it in Matthew this time through, but in other gospels, the devil entered into Judas or the devil whispered to Judas But Judas changed his heart. Finding out that Jesus was condemned, even though he knew that that was going to happen, but seeing it happen changed his heart. And the despair of that was too great for him. And I wonder when or if you have experienced that, and when or if I have experienced that, or may come to experience that. And what this passage will hold for me then. But I also wonder about these chief priests, and I just am, I just don't have patience for them, for their hypocrisy. And it seems like these details are put in here just to hammer, hammer, hammer home their hypocrisy that. It's blood money, and so they can't deposit in the treasury, even though it probably came from the treasury, and they're the ones who are seeking the blood. They're the ones who are paying the money for the blood. But now they can't put it in the treasury. It just is like, we can kill him, but we can't... And we can pay to kill him, but we can't take backsies on the money that was paid to kill him. We can't put it back in the treasury. Well, I mean, wasn't there lots of money? Wasn't Jesus having an issue himself with blood money because they were selling animals in the temple for the sacrifices? So why now can't they take it and use it in the treasury? It just... It's just proof that they put rules above humanity. 
And it's sad. It's so, so sad. And I wonder how often I do that as a parent, as a friend, as a thinker. How often do I put rules above relationships? Whether in my faith or when I'm getting hit and kicked and scratched and punched by my oldest son because I won't let him have more sugar in an afternoon. Is it worth it? I don't know. Is it a rule over finding out what he wants? Repeated attempts to ask him what he wants yield only the answer, popsicle, popsicle, sugar. It's a lot. He's a lot. And I've accepted that he's violent and that he's difficult and that has helped. I don't like it. Today was difficult, but it just is. It just is. This third time as we read, what can you imagine yourself doing or being as your attention dialogues inside of you with your imagination, starting to pay attention and then disappearing back into the humdrum existence, the normal things, the rhythms of your daily life. What might God be calling you to do or to be in that imagination? And when early morning came, all the chief priests and elders of the people took counsel together against Jesus so as to put him to death. And having bound him, they led him away and handed him over to Pilate, the governor. Then Judas, the one who betrayed him, seeing that he had been condemned, changed his heart and returned the thirty silver pieces to the chief priests and elders, saying, I sinned by betraying innocent blood. But they said, What is it to us? You will see to it. And flinging the silver pieces into the sanctuary, he withdrew, and going away, he hanged himself. But the chief priests, taking up the silver pieces, said, It is not lawful to deposit them in the treasury, because it is a price for blood. And taking counsel together with them, they purchased the potter's field for the burial of strangers. Hence that field has been called Field of Blood up to this day. Then was fulfilled what had been spoken by the prophet Jeremiah when he said, And I took the thirty silver pieces, the price of the one on whom a price had been set, whom they prized out from among the sons of Israel, and gave them in exchange for the potter's field, as the Lord commanded me. What can you imagine yourself doing or being in this passage? One of my great daydreams, my great fantasies, is to win the lottery and to become the student loan fairy or the debt fairy and just go around to all of my siblings and my friends and just to start paying off their debts their student loans, 
their credit card loans, their mortgages. And it's extremely depressing to me that there are people who could do that and they don't. I mean, on the level of Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos and sure they do many wonderful and wondrous things with their money, philanthropy, but there is enough money that money doesn't have to be made and earned off of the labor and the choices of other people. I signed away my freedom and my life in some ways at 18 to be able to go to college. And as a result of that, at 33, 15 years later, four different companies still make more than $100 a month, some more than $300 a month of the money that I earn. It's awful. It's disgusting and it's terrible and it is depressing and anxiety-inducing. It's the worst. And there's no end in sight. But maybe tomorrow I'll turn that fantasy into action and for the first time in my life step onto a slippery, slippery slope and buy a lottery ticket just because, just because I imagined it and thought about it tonight because I want to be able to go around and pay off other people's debts and make that my full-time job. It won't happen, and it'll always be a danger and a risk, and maybe I will have forgotten it by the morning, but if I'm being honest about where my own imagination disappeared as we read and reflected on these words well that's where it went and it's quite something to share that well-worn imaginative pathway out loud which is not something i've ever done before so for tonight that can be good and it can be enough The prayer for the Sunday closest to July 20th. Almighty God, the fountain of all wisdom, you know our necessities before we ask and our ignorance in asking. Have compassion on our weakness and mercifully give us those things for which our unworthiness we dare not and for our blindness we cannot ask. Through the worthiness of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Hope and joy be yours because hope that those things you cannot ask for may yet someday be given to you. And joy for the things that you hadn't asked for that already have. For you have within you and you are the light of the world. Always. Always.